بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبو القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في العرضين أجل الله تعالى خرجه الشريف اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحل We are starting the last lesson from the book Lessons on Islamic Beliefs which is on resurrection and we have only one session so we have to be very quick inshallah uh, you know that in all Abrahamic religions there are few principles that are very important and we call them Usul al-Din as we said in the beginning. Unity of God, prophethood and resurrection. <clears throat> These are common in all Abrahamic religions. Maybe they don't articulate it like us, so if you ask them what are the three principles of your religion, maybe they say something else, but definitely this is the way they believe. But there is also something very notable in the Quran that in many, many cases the belief in the hereafter and the belief in Allah come together. You know, Many times you see Iman come together. These two come together to believe in God and to believe in the hereafter. Because one says about our origin, the other says about our destination. Many Muslim scholars, especially philosophers, have written books on Al Mabda'u Al Ma'ad. Like, you know, Ibn Sina has this, you know, many others have this book. Al-Mabda wal-Ma'ad. Mabda is our origin. Ma'ad is resurrection. That is where we are going to head. So you find many places in the Quran that Iman Billah wal al Akhir, they come together. If someone believes in God and doesn't believe in the hereafter, he would not understand the significance of this life. Because the only way to really appreciate any second, not even minute, of this life is to know that your eternal life is based on what you do in every second of your life. You have eternal life. You need infinite provision for eternal life. Yeah? If you are traveling, you know, someone comes to me and says, Mulana, I am traveling. How much provision I should take with me? I cannot answer unless I ask him, where are you going and for how many days? If he says, I am going, you know, just to, from, for example, Birmingham for one day. So the amount of provision is needed is not that much. If he's going, for example, to another country for a week, he needs more. If he's going to, for example, all over the world, he needs more provision. 
If he says, I am going to travel forever, and there is no return, and there is no, no way to come back and take something with me, I'm going to be forever traveling. So I say, no matter how much you take, I think you will have difficulty, but still as much as you can take. And ask other people also to help you. So as much you can, you know, send in advance and take with you. Okay. We have this challenge that whatever we collect, even if you collect lorries of provision for eternal journey, it's not enough. This is why even someone like Amirul Mu'mineen alayhi salam says, Ah min qillat zad Says, my provision is very little. Because they know the journey. Ah min qillat zad wa bu'd safar wa wahshat tariq The journey is very, very long and I have to travel alone Yes, at the end, as we said, before going to heaven, inshallah, you will be assembled. But up to that point, you have to travel yourself. And you cannot borrow from other people. You cannot cheat. You have to send everything in advance. In some hadith, very great experience is going to happen. So, we have to take as much as possible. But there is a Bashara here. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would multiply your provision. This is a hadith from Imam Baghr about Laylatul Qadr. When someone asks Imam Baghr what does it mean Laylatul Qadr khayrun min alf shah? Imam Baghr says Whatever good you do in Laylatul Qadr, you will be rewarded as someone who has done that good 1,000 months. So if you do two rak'ah prayer in Laylatul Qadr, the reward is the reward of someone that every night for 1,000 months was praying to Rak'ah. If you give one pound sadaqah in Laylatul Ghad, the reward is the reward of someone who gives one pound every night for 1,000 months. So Allah has very special offer in certain times and certain places, especially in Laylatul Ghad, which is the perhaps maximum generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Imam Bagr says something very important. لَوْلَا مَا يُضَاعِفُ اللَّهُ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Had it not been that Allah multiplies for the believers the good deeds, لَمَا بَلَغُوا They were not able to reach. We would all have been stuck before reaching destination because our provision goes out of, you know, uh, you know we run out. So we have to do our best and hope that Allah would multiply that, inshallah. So it's very important to remember that this life is very important.
And those who really understand this, they are very careful about their time. You know, time management is very important, especially these days. Too many distractions. These distractions not only waste your time when you are involved in them, they also keep your mind busy afterwards. And when you manage to think something else, still in your subconscious level, still they are affecting you. You know, like for example, you have a food which is very bitter or, you know, tastes terrible. So first you suffer from the taste. After the taste is forgotten, it's in the stomach. After the stomach is okay, then it's the blood. So how can you get rid of this? So too many distractions nowadays. And we have to be very careful. Our time is very limited. Now, in the past, people used to work much more than us. And they had more time. We do less, but we have no time. Why you didn't call me? Why, you know, your mother says to the child, you know, father says, you know, why, you know, you are not visiting us? We have no time. What are you doing? Are you... <laughs> Farming every day, you know, in the past people used to walk, you know, kilometers till they reached the farm. They had to work, you know, till sunset. All this difficult life that they had, but they had more time. So we need time management. The only way to understand the benefit of every little portion of our time is to remember of Akhirah. Like, when you know that you are, for example, imagine if you are a researcher. For your research, you need some documents which are only kept in certain library. Okay? So you travel, reach that country, you get access to that library, and they say, you know, we only give you a few hours to see this book. It's a manuscript. We cannot give it to you. You can just see it here for a few hours. Then, when you have that limited time, what are you going to do? So let's, you know, first, you know, check my emails, my, you know, texts, or, you know, put something on Facebook. No, you focus on this work. If you finish it, then you may think about other things. But you know that you are, there is no way to finish this. Just as much as possible. Like, you know, we have in the life of Allah Mehendi, rahmatullah So he heard that someone had written something against the school of Ahlul Bayt and he wanted to have access to that book. So with difficulty he managed to get to the person who had it and he had only, I don't know, one day, something like this. So overnight he had to write. And according to this story, I don't want to say 100%, but it has been mentioned in some sources that when he totally was not able to function, then someone came and helped him. I said, you will sleep and I continue. So we have to appreciate every little time that we have because it's going to affect us forever. Then here I have mentioned a few things. One is that we are all going to be accountable for everything 
Everything we do or we don't do, everything we say or we don't say, every place that we go or we don't go, for everything that you can think you have made a choice, you will be asked. If you didn't make any choice, then okay, you have no responsibility. I am not going to be asked why I am a man or woman. Why I was born in this country or that country? Who are my parents? These are not things that I am going to be asked about. Them. But anything that I have made a choice, I have to be answerable. I have to be accountable. So your decisions are very important decisions. And you have to have answers ready. Of course, some people say, I do it and then I find an answer for it. That's not a good way. First, look for an answer, and if you have a good justification, then do it. The Quran refers to day of judgment with different titles. One is Yawmul Qiyamah. Okay? Which you can call like the day of resurrection, the day of all rising. We have the day of Jaza, Yawmul Jaza. The day of recompense. We have Yawmul Hisab, day of reckoning. Day of regret, Yawmul Hasra. No matter how much you have done, you would regret. I told you the story yeah, of people who went to the <coughs> dark corridor. They went to the dark corridor and they were told there are stones that you can pick up and carry with you but whether you pick up those stones on the ground or no you will regret so some people said let's take these stones because even if we don't take them we are going to regret so for curiosity they said let's take them and go outside and see what are they why you know if we take them and we don't take them we are going to regret some people say why we should take them if you are going to regret, so it's better not to take them. They were lazy. So, when they went outside, those who had taken stones saw that these are jewelries. And both these people who had taken and those who didn't take, they started, you know, screaming, shouting, why, you know, you deceived us. Who is going to regret for taking jewelries? They said, those who have taken will regret why they didn't take more. And those who didn't take will regret why they didn't take any. Of course, those people were put in dark corridor. But now we are not in dark corridor. We have been given light. We know these are jewelries. And if we don't take, we regret and we should, you know, blame ourselves. If we take less, also we should blame ourselves. So it's Yawmul Hasra. Everyone will regret. Especially one aspect of this regret is this. This is my idea. You would see on the day of judgment that 90% of your problems, if not more, are the things that are very easy to understand. Even a child understands. Because what are our main problems? I am jealous. I am selfish. I am not just. I don't keep my promises. Even a child knows that these are bad things. You don't need to be, you know, a, a scholar to understand these things. 
90% if not more of our problems that are the problems even a person without any experience, without any education understand. Like a person who has failed a very important exam and later he discusses with his friends and they tell him the right answer. I knew all these things. I don't know why I couldn't, you know, give the right answer when exam was on. So, on the day of judgment, you would regret because you would find that your problems were not difficult to avoid. But very simple. Be kind to your parents. Is there anything in the world more simple and more natural than a child being kind to his parents? And still, how many people are kind to their parents? You should keep your promise. Even if you are not a religious person, you understand that you should keep your promise. When you give your word, you have to keep it. How many people keep their promises? It's so unfortunately common not to keep promise that if someone always keeps his promise, everyone says, this is a person that you can trust. This has to be something that should be a general characteristic. Not that, you know, you have to refer to some people in particular. So this is another name. The other name is Yawmut Taghabun. The day of loss. You feel that you have lost. Okay, then there is a discussion about death. What is death? Some people think death is end of human existence. Some people think it's end of human life. So we are not going to exist or we are going to exist but not as a human being. It's end of human existence. You will be ashes or soil. You will be eaten by animals for example. Human beings are going to finish. They are not going to survive death. But we say no. Death is just one stage of many stages that we go through. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَا خُلِقْتُمْ لِلْفَنَاءِ بَلْ خُلِقْتُمْ لِلْبَقَاءِ إِنَّمَا تُنْقَلُونَ مِنْ دَارٍ إِلَى دَارٍ You are not created to perish. You have been created to endure. You are just moving from one house to another house. You are moving from a small house to a bigger house. So it's not end of anything. It's just another stage of our life. You know, sometimes I use this example. I say, if there are twins, for example, imagine a brother and sister in the womb of mother, not yet born. Yeah? This brother and sister, if they have understanding, then they would very much enjoy their little place that they have. It said, you know, and the fact that they are together. It said, you know, I am with my brother or it's like I am with my sister and we are with mother <laughs> in the womb of mother. Then if one of them is delivered earlier, because normally one is coming earlier, the other one who remains in the womb feels very lonely. And starts crying and mourn for losing his 
brother or sisters. And says he died. Because that's the understanding. Someone who is in the womb, what does he think? He thinks that he has died. Yeah? He says he's finished. He starts mourning for him. But the one who is outside, sees there is a bigger space here. There is light. There is air. Now I can see my mother. When I was in the womb, I was not able to see my mother. I just thought <laughs> my mother is that, you know, little, I don't know, like a, uh, a womb. I can see my mother. I can see my father. There are lots of opportunities for growth. So the one who is outside is hoping that the other one soon comes and joins him. The one who is inside is mourning why he has lost him. This is our experience in dunya. The mu'minin who go to the other part, they all feel very sorry for us that we are still here. They so come and join us. You know, we have, I have it here for you, this ayah, that... In Surah Yasin, verses 26 and 27. When someone who is mu'min, who is nice, dies, they tell him, go to heaven. This is barzakhi heaven. I wish my people knew that how Allah has forgiven me and has honored me. Or another ayah, They give bashara to the people who have not yet joined them. So they know what is there. They give bashara to the people who have not joined them. They say, I'm in a very good position. Allah has forgiven me. Allah has honored me. But those who are here, they are very sad that they have lost him and they are worried that I may also lose this. So this is just a stage that helps us to go to a greater world. The reason we are very much worried about this is one of the two. There are two major reasons for worrying about death. One is for people who are attached to dunya, they are worried because this is the only thing that matters to them. Imagine if you have spent all your life on collecting, for example, a piece of collection. Imagine someone has all his life been collecting stamps, for example. 40 years, 50 years, he has gone all over the world to collect these stamps from every country. He doesn't want to leave them. Because this is the only thing he has, you know, achieved in his life. If the only thing you have is, I don't know, your house, you are worried. Anyway, sometimes people don't want to die because they are attached to dunya. Sometimes people don't want to die because they are not attached to dunya, but they are moment, they are worried. I don't know what I have done. I don't know what is my situation. It's not that I am attached to dunya, but I am just worried, you know, have I collected enough for my akhirah? Is Allah pleased with me? Mu'minin have worry about this because of the second reason. Not because of being attached to dunya. 
And this worry is a good worry, is a healthy worry. Because if you don't have this worry, then you don't work. You don't, you know, take life seriously. But if you really worry and you really work hard, inshallah, there is no worry because Allah is very kind and merciful for the people who work hard, the people who are responsible. So here we have a discussion about death and we say that death is departure of the soul from body or this world. Allah receives the souls at the time of death. Chapter 39 verse 42. Allah receives completely the souls when they die. When you die, you are not finished, you are not destroyed, you are reserved completely and transferred. Allah receives you. Sometimes Quran says Allah receives the souls. Sometimes Quran says the angel of death receives you. Sometimes it says, Angels. Because there is a hierarchy. Allah, under him, the angel of death, under him, the angels. You know, angels were agents of Malakul Maut. It's not that Malakul Maut goes for every person. Malakul Maut goes for maybe very special cases, either because they are very good or those who are very bad. Then many people are received by angels who work for Malakul Maut. So there is a hierarchy. We discussed this in Tawbida of Ali. You can say everything is an action of God, but there can be also lower agents. But what is important is the soul is completely received and this ayah says Allah also receives your souls when you sleep it has to be manam if there is a I don't know it's mistaken spelling manam means sleeping then those who are sleeping and their soul is received those who are supposed to die when they are sleeping, their soul will not be sent back, will not be released. Okay? But those who are still to live, the soul will be released, goes back to normal till deadline comes. They are fixed ajal comes. So, when you sleep, you experience something which is similar to death. Similar, not exactly. Don't die. But it's similar. Because when you sleep, your soul's relation with body is reduced. Because soul gets very busy with running and managing body. You know? Because soul has to manage body. Body by itself doesn't function. All the activities of body are through soul. So why we need to sleep? Because we need to give us the soul a chance to relax. 
Therefore, it's very important that you sleep in a time and place which are good for rest. Don't sleep, if possible, where there are lots of noises, because your soul cannot relax. Don't sleep when you are very, very hungry or thirsty or you are very full, because this doesn't let the soul relax. Or when you need to go to washroom, don't sleep, <clears throat> because this doesn't let your soul relax. When there are light, this doesn't let soul relax. Even if you can put the curtain, switch off the light, still night is better for the main rest. Because Allah ja'ala layla sakana. Night is... So we need sukun for soul when we sleep. When soul can have good rest, then there is a chance that soul may get access to some high levels of the world, to the world of spirits. So may see the soul of a dead person. Sometimes you just see the image of a dead person. You have to be careful. It's not that when you see your late father or mother, you have definitely met them. Sometimes you have just seen the image of them. You know? But sometimes you really get access to their soul. And sometimes you get access to the Allah, to the tablets, which are different levels of Allah's knowledge. So you can see something which is going to happen in future, something which has happened in the past, but you were not there, something that has happened in another part of the world. So the soul in the dream can understand things that you don't understand when you are alive. Sorry, when you are awake. But the thing is that it's not always like this. Sometimes just you have been thinking about something and it's in your mind and you keep dreaming that. That's not reality. So, a sleep is very important experience and dreaming is very important experience. But because we have been sleeping and waking up, sleeping and waking up, we are used to it. Otherwise, if no one was sleeping till age of 30, 40, and now we say, you know, you have to sleep, they would be very frightened. Very frightened. Because I may not wake up. Because whenever you sleep, you may not wake up. It's a partial death. But because you have experienced it so many times, we are not that much worried. Once I gave a lecture about life, and I explained this in more details, then some people said, you know, now you are worried about sleeping, you know, we cannot sleep. But here I don't explain that much. Okay, so this is about this. <clears throat> then there is Barzakh, after we die. Then, if I say after we die, inshallah, I think you will be worried, yeah? <laughs> Why is it that? So, after we die, then we go to another world which is not part of this planet or you know this you know physical world but it's another world a reality 
which is called Barzakh. And Barzakh in Arabic means something that comes between two things, like a terwal. Yeah? Like Marajal Bahrain Yal Taqiyan Bainahuma Barzakh. La Yabriyan. Two seas or oceans that between them there is a interval. They don't get mixed. Barzakh is called Barzakh because it comes between worldly life and the day of judgment. The verse which has this uh, term for Barzakh in the Quran is verse 100 of chapter 23. If you start with verse 99, Hatta idha ja'ahadahum ul-maut qala rabbir ja'oon When death comes to one of them, he says, my Lord, please send me back. So that I may do good things with what I have left behind. Give me another chance. Even if it is six months, please give me another six months. One month, one day. You know, even people are happy to beg for one extra day. So that I do something good. But Allah says, Kalla. By no means. It's not possible. And these are mere words that he says. There is no such opportunity. And perhaps this also means that even if they are given opportunity, they may do the same thing. And ahead of them is barzakh. A barrier. A gap. Until the day they will be resurrected. So Barzakh is such world. People in Barzakh seem to have one of the three conditions. Either they would be enjoying Barzakhi heaven, which is a temporary heaven, or they may start suffering like Barzakhi heaven. There is a hadith, Al-Qabr rawdatun min riyad al-jannah aw hufratun min hufar al-niran in the footnote. Grave is either a garden of the gardens of heaven or a hole of the holes of hell. But there is a third possibility also. And that is for average people. Some people are very good. They right away start enjoying some people are very bad, right away start suffering, but there is average. Average people, they will be in a station like a sleeping. They don't enjoy that much, they don't, you know, suffer that much. That is a sleeping, maybe they just enjoy a sleeping, especially if you have worked hard in dunya. Nothing like gardens, nothing like fruits, just a sleeping. And this is why one name for barza, uh, sorry for grave is marqat now we say marqat man ba'athana min marqadina who has raised us from our grave marqat comes from ruqad ruqad means sleeping because grave is a place for sleeping it's called marqat so there are three types of people some would start enjoying barzakhi heaven some start suffering Barzakhi hell, which is temporary, and some will be just sleeping.
There are about 15 verses in the Quran that refer to Barzakh. 15 verses in the Quran. We have mentioned some of the verses about Barzakh here. And then one important point also to remember is in Barzakh there is a kind of time. There is a discussion among ulama whether in hell or heaven there is time or not. Some say it's timeless. Some may say there is time. But definitely in Barzakh there is time. You know, there is this ayah 45 of chapter 40. <laughs> a terrible punishment has occurred to the family or the group of clan of Pharaoh. Then Allah explains the punishment. The fire to which they are exposed morning and evening and on the day when the hour sets in, Pharaoh's clan will enter the severest punishment. Imam Sadiq says that the fire to which they are exposed morning and evening is Barzakh. Because in Barzakh there is a kind of time. Day and you know morning and evening. Of course, is it exactly morning and evening like us or another type of morning and evening? But there is morning and evening in Barzakh. Is afterwards, after Barzakh, the day here, the day of judgment. So in Barzakh, it is like parallel to Dunya, then there is a kind of timing similar to what we have but maybe different the other thing is questioning when people are put in grave of course grave is a symbol for Barzakh otherwise grave is not Barzakh maybe someone has no body left for him to be put in the grave yeah grave is a symbol for when you say you know for example pressure of grave no one can avoid pressure of grave by saying, okay, don't put me in the grave. I don't want to have pressure of grave. This is a symbol. We mean by grave in many cases, barzakh, which is the condition of the soul, not necessarily the condition of body. Okay? So even if you put a body of a dead person in a fully air-conditioned room and, you know, everything is nice, this doesn't mean that the soul is happy. Like what? Sometimes you see a person is sleeping, nothing wrong with body, nothing wrong with the room, nothing wrong with the bed, but has very bad dreams. You see suffering. Sometimes even we can see that that person who is sleeping is a bad condition. He's screaming, you know, you, you can feel that this person is not comfortable. But this is not because of body. Body is okay. Room temperature is okay. So, the pressure in Barzakh is not the pressure for body. Is it clear? So, you cannot solve the problem by keeping the body in a nice room, for example. It doesn't solve the problem. Yes, it's important how you look after the body of a dead person. We have to bury people Islamically uh, and try to put them in a you know, clean place, a place which is not 
you know, kasbi, we should respect the body, you should not do any harm to the body of a dead person, because these make the soul suffer. But even if you are 100% making the body, you know, comfortable, and still the soul is possible to be suffering. But at least you should be careful not to add to the, because, you know, soul is very much attached to body. You know, for years, the soul and body have been together. So if you mistreat body, it would affect the soul. <coughs> it's very important. Unfortunately, some people burn the body. This is a terrible thing for the soul. Soul would be very much suffering by body being burnt. It's like almost, not exactly, it's almost like burning a living person. Because soul is very attached to this body. Even after departs the body, especially in the early time, is very attached to body. Then there is a discussion about the day of resurrection. That first there would be nafchesu, the trumpet will be blown and everyone dies. Then there would be second time that the trumpet is blown and then there will be resurrection. Quran says verse 68 of chapter 39 so there are two times that the trumpet will be blown then when you are resurrected your family relations, your education, your money, your ethnicity, your geography, your citizenship, nothing will work for you. The only thing that will benefit you is pure heart. Neither money nor children can benefit, except those who come with the pure heart. If you come with pure heart, your money also will help you. Your children will help you. Because someone who has pure heart, even with respect to his children or her children, has tried to seek the pleasure of Allah. So that can benefit. Money can benefit. But money as such, if you kept the money just as money, is not going to help you. If you have not done anything with your upbringing of children for the sake of Allah, they are not going to help you. But if you have tried to seek the pleasure of Allah in your money, in your children, everything will help you. Then, I would like to end with this story. The time is over, unfortunately. And there is a discussion about embodiment of actions, because our action in this world and the hereafter are very much related to each other. It's what we do here, we harvest there. This is like a farm. And according to Quran, we can understand that the relation between our actions and the punishment or reward is more than cause and effect. It's like embodiment. Tajassum. Embodiment of our action. You would see your action. Not only you would see the result of your action. مَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ خَيْرًا يَرَهُ You would see it, not you would see the result of it only. You, your action will be presented to you. Okay?
So this is about the relation between this world and the other world. And then there is a discussion about good deeds of the people who have no faith, that even good deeds of the people who have no faith, when it is done with genuine intention, are useful. Whether they go to heaven or not, it has, you know, lots of, you know, conditions that even some faithful people may not go to heaven necessarily. So that's something that Allah knows. But definitely any person who does anything good genuinely would be taken into account or answers, We would not waste the reward of any person who has done anything good. Okay, let me end with this story that a person called Tawus al-Yamani from Yemen, his name was Tawus, he says that he followed Imam Sajjad alayhi salam. At night when Imam alayhi salam was doing tawaf and salat next to Kaaba. So he wanted to see what does Imam do in that, you know, uh, moment in the night next to Kaaba. So he says, when it was later into the night and people began to leave Masjid al-Haram and only few people had remained, he heard Imam alayhi salam saying, Oh Allah, this is the time when the people have gone to their beds. And this is the time when your doors are open for those who ask you. Then Imam continued his prayer and went into sajda. So Tabus went towards Imam and lifted the head of Imam and put on his lap. And then started crying and his tears fell on the Imam. So Imam asked him, who is who? who? Who is this who has distracted me from my worship? He said, I am Tawus. Why do you cry so much? It is we sinful people who must cry. Your father is Hussein. Your mother is Lady Fatima. Your grandfather is the Prophet. Why do you cry? Then Imam salam looked at him and said, Far from it. If only it were like that. Do not talk to me about who my father or mother was. God has created heaven for whoever obeys him, even if it be a slave. And he has created hell for those who disobey him, even if it be a Qurayshi. Have you not heard Allah's verse in the Quran? And when the trumpet is blown, there will be no family ties between them on that day, nor will they ask about each other. By Allah, nothing will avail you tomorrow except righteous acts that you send in advance. So I repeat this sentence and I finish. By Allah, nothing will avail you tomorrow except your righteous acts that you send in advance. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِ